one. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Namaste. Thank you so much for joining The Light Side. Today, I have with me two of my really good friends and two people that I love to learn from and talk to. I have Rosie Hart and Claire McGrath. They are exponential coaches uh, for Yo-Yo Ohm. That's the name of their business. And I'm really excited to talk to them today because both of them were also bodybuilders. And now they've went through this amazing transformation. And I've had the joy and pleasure of talking to them a few times about it. Um, but it goes into all different kinds of coaching, healing, shamanic practices. Um, and I'm just really excited to bring this conversation with you today. So Rosie and Claire, hello, my loves. Thank you for coming. Hi. <laughs> Hi. 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 So excited to talk to you. Yo, yo. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so okay so first and foremost what if we why don't we just start off with your bodybuilding careers and the the shift that happened when you left bodybuilding what was that like what was the moment where you were like wait a minute what am I doing <laughs> <laughs> well it kind of myself and Claire have had very parallel paths in many ways even through childhood um but especially through the bodybuilding and we both got our pro card at the same time at the same show um, and met each other at that show. So that was kind of like the start of our um, physical journey together. I feel like we, we'd already met earlier on in the energetic realm. Um, and yeah, so I was doing bodybuilding uh, since 2004 and worked up through all the ranks and so on. Um, got my pro card and I actually competed at the Olympia when you were there and I can't, remember, I can't I don't know if you remember I came up to you the day after when you were having breakfast with your partner mm -hmm. I just wanted to say how amazing you were <laughs> <laughs> you were probably just too engrossed in your breakfast after, after doing the show <laughs> yeah so um, did all because I did the, the women's relief as well like yourself um, and was that was my purpose for so long, um, you know. So my my world was just kind of engrossed in that bodybuilding world, trying to be the absolute best, pushing those physical limits, um, being strong, um, you know, trying to be uh, superhuman, and seeing that I could be something that other people couldn't. That was kind of the the feeling at the time. Um, and always trying to prove myself to people, you know. Um, and then I started um, with, with my bodybuilding round about 2017, just feeling like things, probably 2016 actually, just feeling things weren't quite right. Started getting gut problems. Um, I was getting more and more um, negative side effects from the gear, from the steroids and stuff. Um, and just kind of doing it because I had do always done it and I felt like I couldn't get out of it because I had so much wrapped up in it. I had um, a supplement company as well that was just kind of setting up all around the bodybuilding. Had this like rosy rascal identity that I'd kind of made into my, my coaching as well. I did bodybuilding coaching. Um, and then it was around about 2018 that I was like, Okay, I'm done. I did my, my last show. I think it was 2000. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Two, yeah. I think it was 2018, around like March. I did my last show and just made the decision 
stopped ignoring my gut, mm -hmm. um, which I had been ignoring for a long time. Um, and yeah, just decided I was going to stop. And then it was like a domino effect. And I could just see the world from a completely different perspective. Um, and I guess for me, that was when the big shift started happening with me reconnecting to my, my true self. It gave me that space. Um, and all the while, me and Claire were still kind of in communication. Um, and Claire was kind of at the same time going through this journey of unraveling and, and stopping bodybuilding too. Yeah. Well, mine, mine's like very similar. I'm actually similar. I used to follow you when you were uh, competing and stuff. And that's how I knew you, just through social media. <laughs> So it's funny to be chatting to you now and like uh, friends and stuff, but um, I never went to the route to compete as a pro. Um, from the moment I got my pro card and was awarded it, I spent like the, the next few years trying to convince myself that I still wanted to do it. <laughs> so I was completely fighting against myself, discovering that, oh, I don't actually want to do this and how do I tell everybody and um, just struggling to go to the gym and like Rosie, my identity was wrapped up in it. So like I was sponsored by so many different companies and just uh, trying to uh, keep faith and that I was still doing it all. And when I really didn't want to do it, it was just not flowing for me anymore. It wasn't congruent with it, figuring out why I was doing it and the place it was coming from. And that was kind of just uh, too strong to ignore. So I, I never ended up um, competing as a pro and yeah went through a full unraveling process of letting go of that and then announcing that I wasn't going to do it and then letting go of loads of sponsorships and just just because they weren't congruent with me anymore either because you know the, the, the brands are all wrapped up in bodybuilding in that same image and, and like there was nothing wrong with either of our journeys like we both loved bodybuilding while we were doing it but I'm all in I was I was doing fitness and so I love like the dance gymnastics strength performances and like that's what drew me into it and I loved being that like superhero showgirl that the like offset like the Ronnie Coleman it's so weird like if you look back at our pictures together or like separate we were so similar like because we, we both got a sponsorship with Ronnie Coleman um, and that's when we started like getting more time together as well so we were doing the, the Body Power Expo in Birmingham in the UK we're just like dancing around, dressed like superheroes, popping <laughs> the biceps, showing the six pack, and like we loved it. We were like in our, I guess, what was that like 2015? I think we were like both still really in our element with it around that time. And it was so much fun, and it was still kind of like in that world where you were loving the attention of like looking like this superhero and, and getting that external sort of validation. So I guess that was one thing that we both kind of discovered about ourselves is that we'd spent a lot of time kind of seeking externally for different things and for different reasons. And like that whole need to be strong and then manifesting that in the most like extreme <laughs> physical way that you could, you know, that, that body of armor um, and then realizing that there were things that were internal that hadn't been looked at and that actually there was some hurt and pain that was in there that were you know the reasons why we were kind of seeking externally to try and fill those those voids and those mm -hmm. places of lack that we'd kind of repressed and 
and not looked at for such a long time. We're still finding out new ones as well. So like we, we thought we had the, the core ones figured out and then new ones just pop in and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> Where was that? Like I found the new one like two weeks ago about like I used to listen to on repeat. I was bullied as a kid uh, or as a teenager and I used to listen to Destiny's Child Survivor on repeat. And if you go into the lyrics of that album, it's all about like being strong, independent women, don't need, don't need anybody. And that was completely me. And all of the lyrics from all of the songs are like different parts of my life from that moment. I was like, did that actually cause everything that I've ever done? Or was it like, there was other things around like uh, wanting uh, my dad's approval, like wanting my dad to see me because he wasn't really uh, there much as a father. Uh, because he was always working so like there's like there's layers of stuff going on <laughs> as to why I was doing it but yeah I loved everything until I realized why <laughs> yeah. wow and what was the process of figuring out what was underneath all of that like did you guys just start like meditating a lot or going really deep inside like how did you start to unravel because I think there's even some stuff within me that I haven't figured out why I was bodybuilding and why I I just figured out I just don't want to do it anymore like my fire went out um so I'm curious, like, what does that process of unraveling look like for you guys? I feel like for me, I always had the story of I, just, I was doing it because I just wanted to see what was possible. And this is a story that most people have. I just want to see what I can do. Yeah. So we tell ourselves these little lies that are, we don't even know why we're doing it because it's so deep down that it is actually unconscious. So when you are doing it, you're just acting out of feeling. So I feel this lack. So I'm going to go and chase what that is and what is the most extreme version of that. So before I did bodybuilding, I was doing CrossFit for years. I was always chasing something. I did yoga only for 10 years. Like I was the most advanced yogi I could get to. She's crazy. Uh, like crazy. <laughs> but there was always something else. And uh, going, having the awareness uh, from doing so much yoga, I think I already had a very deep level of self-awareness, but then also not really understanding the emotional layers. So I had body awareness, energetic awareness, um, kind of karmic awareness and then doing the bodybuilding and ignoring my health was already not congruent with me so there was obviously a deeper reason that I was doing the bodybuilding and I couldn't quite deal with it while I was still doing it so to to realize that that I had something there like then unhealthy behaviors with food and knowing that I wasn't healthy like I wasn't uh, the way I used to be when I was doing yoga and something drove me to that extreme so then it's just a process of uh, deep diving into the why, like what I feel in my body. I was lucky that I had people around me that were looking uh, on this level in, and they're from all walks of life. So a couple, like a handful of friends that were working on emotional energetic stuff. I just stumbled across people on my path that were more awake. <laughs> so I was able to learn from what they were doing. And then it just became more of a, I want to do that and a drive towards like uh, uncovering the layers and then loads of stuff just started to fall off the more you dive into it. So it was just like a natural wanting to figure out why it was the way it was, like a curiosity. And then you just kind of find the answers wherever they show up. <laughs> I guess it's just like if you're already one of those people that wants to take things to the extreme, you're gonna, once you take it to such an extreme, you get that bounce back. Um, and then you're still going to be one of those people that is seeking for, like, you want answers, you want, you want to know, you want to know, well, why did it, the last 15 years happen? So then you go on this mad deep dive onto, like, a, a spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it. 
and there's so many layers to it it's insane like with the the bodybuilding with me um i i kind of delved into a lot of stuff about my dad as well and there was like a lack of sense of self so like getting into bodybuilding um because because i my dad died when i was little so there was always that void there and then you kind of seeking a, a male in your life you're seeking a masculine so i was very much influenced and driven by um having a boyfriend having a partner and that was the main thing the most important thing to me so then when i was with my my partner when i when i got into bodybuilding he loved bodybuilding and he looked like i'd never even heard of it before he female bodybuilders like freaky like happy uh, priest and you know like the big freaky bodybuilders so for me it was very much like not that he uh, made me do that but I was very influenced in trying to keep a connection with him and keeping that relationship going and I guess with I didn't have a very strong sense of self um, and it was just that such that drive to kind of keep that man in my life that I just went on this mad little oh okay I'll, let, I'll do, do that do this for a while. <laughs> it was like 15 years later like you stood on the Olympia stage how the hell <laughs> And also just finding a place where you feel um, listened to, seen, respected, like you, you're, you're like a badass, you've got something of worth. But like I found when I got into bodybuilding straight away, I felt so unique and like I found my place where people stopped and listened to me. And that was men, men I got respect off everywhere I went. I could go to nightclubs and the doorman would just let you in you know, like, cause you were a bodybuilder and it was like getting this kind of, it was like living a, a slightly VIP lifestyle. Um, so there's so many layers to it. Um, and, and then I guess, cause I had like a binge eating uh, problem for about 10 years whilst I was competing. So there was all these little signs going on throughout that I wasn't conscious of. I didn't know how to navigate these things and connect the dots at the time. Um, but again, like the, the, the binge eating was connected to that lack of that father in the life. So it was filling that void. The food was kind of trying to fill that bottomless pit, you know, or again, seeking externally for things to try and soothe you or, or give you love connection or whatever it is that's like lacking in, internally. Um, and then I got really uh, bad gut problems towards the end. And again, that was like this big thing at the time. I was just not listening to my gut, gut instincts. I was totally going against everything. Like, you know, if you're on your own, like say, I don't know when other people get it, but I used to always get it at night. If I would lie in bed, the day's all done, everything's quiet. And the voice would come through, like the true me would come through, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're gonna destroy yourself, your hair's thinning, you, you're gonna like regret, take it to the extreme and you'll never be able to kind of come back from it. Um, but I was ignoring all those signs for like a long time, but especially like the last two years. Um, so yeah, then, then once, like I was saying, once you kind of see those deeper uh, reasons why you were driven to do something and how far you got with it and like the illusions that you were living in you thought you were just doing it because you were a champion and what's the thing that you could do yeah like you know um, or just because 
I mean, yeah, there was elements of it. Yes, we enjoyed the training, absolutely. Um, I loved it. I loved yeah, it. like I loved that um, being physically strong and all of that kind of thing. But it's um, like we love to work with people now to kind of explore the reasons why people are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we just love it, don't we? Yeah. And it's always funny trying to cast the illusions on that other people are layering on themselves. And then the moment when the penny dropped. It just resonates so much because you, you always remember when you have those moments where you go, crap, <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. Or, and then once you see it, the truth of it, you can choose to ignore it and then continue to ignore your gut and get more issues. Or you can just do something about it because you can't unsee it. Yeah. So you have to either face it, go into it, uh, release it, let go of it, or continue to hurt yourself and not listen to yourself and continue to be incongruent and not growing and you just end up going more towards death. And we talk about this a lot with bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So much of it is like a contraction of your being. It's not expansive. It's like your cells, like you're crushing, you're getting tighter, you're like contracting, you're moving away from love, you know, and you're not growing. You might be growing physically, but you're, you're not growing as a spirit. It's just like, unless you're in flow with it, then you are and you can still grow within that realm. But when you stop being in flow with it, then the injuries come, the health issues come, like the losing comes, you know, all of that stuff. So not letting it get to that point was kind of a key, I guess, in any of the dogmas that we've explored or like have done so many different things. And Rosie, too, she was a professional singer. Like loads of, loads of the Did it all. <laughs> Even though like the vibration that you kind of creating in your body with building like the excessive amount of food that you've got to eat all the time. And just like the kind of contraction and restriction of your whole life, you know, because everything's so disciplined and, you know, you've got to be all in if you want to do it properly. You, you are all in. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't have um, expansion in any other direction for sure. You know, That is so true. I, I like how you guys really talked about the expansion and contraction because in a way you feel like you're expanding like going to the olympia stage well i'm making it like this is it but then when when you get there and you're like okay well i'm here (laughs) and (laughs) i think that that was a moment for me and then the blinders came off and i didn't want to eat all the food i was eating like and i and it's so funny how you mentioned when you're in the flow of it it's good it's serving you And there was a point where I felt like I was expanding. Like I wasn't going to football games. I was in college. I wasn't going out and partying. Like it kept me in flow and in alignment. But then it got to a point where the blinders came off and I was like, there is so much world that is not in a gym. That is not on a stage. And there is so much within me that I have yet to explore. Like what else can I do? Okay, cool. So this, and then it's just amazing how when the blinders come off, even like one of them comes off. Cause when you're in it, you're like, I will be, yeah, <laughs> look over here. <laughs> yeah. And he, but for me, like I saw the whole world and I was like, Oh my goodness, there's so much out there to explore. And then that was intoxicating to me. And I was just like, yeah, bodybuilding is great. But what about all, all of the other yeah. things? So, so thank you for saying that. Cause I, and even the contraction, like, when you work out, you're contracting. You're that's what you do on stage is contract your muscles. Yeah. So it's it's that's a funny thing that you say about that and how it's contracting your diet and your life and it can make you feel like you get your pro card and you feel like you're expanding, but you're but you're not. The cells, a, not the cells yeah. are being scared to death. Absolutely. And it's do or die. 
who can suffer the most. Yeah, you know? like the language and the words as well, like the things that Purge. people scream at each other, you know, like do or die and like Easy. no quitting, never give up. It's like, it, we'll always have a laugh. We, we'll do like little, our own little comedy sketches when we're at home, just like the, the kind of um, thing where people are training, like, and it, it's no surrender. And it's like, but like both quads have torn off, both biceps have torn off, and they're still fucking going back. But did you die? Like, you didn't die yet. <laughs> One more <laughs> Yeah, and then that even creates a thing like if you didn't do one more rep, now you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like you didn't push do your best. So it and it also creates like you said the binge eating disorder. Like I noticed that within me. Like when I wasn't dieting, I was binging. Like there was zero in between and for me leaving bodybuilding was like freedom. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel ever like I need to go to super dialed in dieting and I don't feel like I need to go binge at a gas station. Um, and that freedom is just amazing right now. Like even just the food freedom. Why is it always gas stations? You did what <laughs> yeah, gas stations was one of my things to go in and eat chocolate and stuff every time I'd pass, I'd go and buy a ton of junk food. <laughs> but it's so nice, like like probably the last year, especially for me, I managed to stop binge eating not fully, but I'd really done a lot of work round about 2016 um but I was binge eating the day before I was on Olympia stage so I was there like the the peak of everything that I'd supposedly supposedly worked towards and I just didn't even want to be there I just couldn't wait for it all to be over. I was running up and down the corridors because it was obviously in Vegas. <laughs> and like I was there with my partner at the time and he, he would have killed me if he'd, if he'd have known I was off binging. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go and have a little walk around and then sneaking down to the shop, buying loads of different cookies and like checking to see if other athletes were seeing me. And then I was like going up and down the corridors and hiding around corners eating these cookies and then like leaving them and going back to the bedroom <laughs> to, to my ex-partner. But it was, you know, just like the, like you're uh, taking drugs or something, like <laughs> sneaking around and secretly, secretly eating. But yeah, yeah it was um, the, since 2018 when I stopped competing, since then it's very much been looking at my patterns and behaviors around food done so much both of us have done so much work around the the food and both um had experiences with different uh, types of disordered eating um myself with the binge eating and then like different kind of emotional eating and again this all had so many different layers um, and it's so nice now to be at a point where it just feels like it's not even a thing yeah total freedom it's amazing freedom that was two so the two words that helped me quit were freedom and peace and two things I thought I had I think in in the middle of a cardio session I could find peace but on the whole when you're thinking about how much water did I drink how much cardio did I do did I send pictures to my coach who's competing at the show I'm six weeks out like there's nothing there's no that's not peaceful, not a peaceful way to live. And especially now when you have sponsors and they want you to post and now social media is waiting for you. And so for me, freedom 
was a big, I quit my sponsors first and I was like, I am free. And then I, I and then it was like free, like I just followed this freedom feeling. And um, now for me, there was a two year time where I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want to do next. I was like absolutely scared, broken, naked, messy, just there was two years there that were not good for me. So like between where you guys, when you stopped and where you are now, now you're totally in your other, now you're coaching and you have this whole new thing that you're into. What was that middle point like for you creating a whole new identity? A lot of like building up, letting go repetitively for me, like, cause I, I was grasping to different things and I had loads of different careers already. So like a creative director and was creating a fitness business because I thought I should do that because I should use what I've done, you know, and like it wasn't congruent with me. So I spent like eight months building a business that I just completely let go of then last year to create what we're doing now because it was still not congruent. And also working on a deep level with language, uh, how I speak to myself, my beliefs around everything. So not just bodybuilding, it's like going into relationships, finance, like literally all the all the lies and the illusions that were keeping me stuck and literally picking them apart for probably like four or five years of going through stuff and it's a continuous disheveling of like who you are and letting go and it's like continually letting go so it's like almost you, you do get a bit lost because you are trying to figure out who you are and what you want to do and then you're like oh now I have more stuff to let go of and you know and I was lucky I had one friend in particular Miller he's like crazy obsessed with this language stuff and like feelings and emotions and letting go of stuff so he was always there as a soundboard to kind of bounce off of so and then myself and Rosie were both letting go at the same time now we've just been like living together doing loads of work and we're continually still finding stuff that mm. it's like why are you doing that behavior uh, you know it's like a complete uh radical honesty yeah it's cool <laughs> it's really cool like for me I had to separate from uh, leave the relationship I'd been in for seven years because um, it was just like I need to be on my own because I had realized this big loop about seeking externally for a man and it was because I was coming from a place of lack I wasn't whole so I was like okay well I've got to be single now and like sort that out and that was not possible whilst being with someone and having that crutch still so yeah it was like a lot of looking at what was a crutch what was kind of soothing what was quietening things, um, looking at all those belief systems and like for me, letting go of the rascal name that was like, we, we were both, we'd been away on a course and then we were like, it's time. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was the right time to, to let it go and, and have my, my uh, birth name, Rosanna. And again, like on an energetic level, the words we use, like it just didn't feel, um, yeah, I didn't feel congruent anymore to have the rascal. Um, and also things like holding on to the belief that just because I'd built that and a strong, you know, following or whatever you want to call it through that identity, to, to hold on to that and feel like you can't create anything without it. That was like a lot of that kind of thing where it was like, well, let's look at the, the truth behind this. And yes, you can absolutely let that go and you can let that go and you can let that go. And then start from from scratch. From that's like the little scratch. monster. Because you're like your name is little monster. It's the same. It's like letting that go because that's part of that, you know. Yeah, like how did that feel? Oh my god, it was really scary, 
um, because it was who I, like, people don't even know me by Danny. People know me by Little Monster. So I was like, okay, so if I change this name, nobody's going to tag me anymore. They're not going to tag me in their show pictures. Like I, and I built this name and I, but it didn't feel right to me to keep it. it. It was keeping me in this bodybuilding box. And like, with that, I couldn't talk about psychedelics because I was little monster. Like I need to be okay for judges. And like, you know, it, <laughs> there was all of this, like this box that that little monster kept me in. And I don't think people understand when I changed the name. And it was also like the language and the vibration of that name wasn't what I wanted to be. Like, I didn't want to eat meat anymore. I don't want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get sponsors. I like, I didn't want to do what little monster built. So for me, it was the scariest thing I've ever done social media wise, but it was really liberating and exciting to be building something from scratch all over again. Um, and now it's light side, which is cool because I'm always like a star Wars light side Jedi. That's cool. And of course the psychedelic thing I can talk about now too. So for me, it opened up this whole world for me. Um, but I also struggle with now, like and then my name, like, why didn't I just use Danny or something? <laughs> but then I got married and now Danny Schofield is different than Danny Reardon. And I'm just going to yeah. confuse the shit out of everybody. So, like, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to go with this for a little while and see how I like it. But I like it. I like it a lot. It, it's still, and I'm losing followers by the thousands. Like, okay, I, yeah, yeah. like 20. Like having trust and faith that that's the way it's supposed to be because you, you are on a different, or we are all on a different uh, vibrational frequency now. They don't have to come. Yeah, and it's like, the, the, it, there's no point worrying about those people that you know resonated at one time and now don't. Um, because yeah, then, then it just empowers us to really share from a place of absolute authenticity of where we are now and not worry about trying to connect with everyone that we ever used to. It's not, not gonna be that way. But that was like something definitely that we kind of went through as well and still kind of going through. But dropping the IFBB yeah, and then like speaking the differently, like speaking differently to our audience because they're used to seeing us on the bodybuilding scene, doing bodybuilding stuff and then just posting completely differently now because we, I didn't really bring them along fully on the journey because it was too much. Like it was so much disheveling. It would have been confusing probably. <laughs> my, the people on my Instagram have definitely been very confused this last year because I was still posting every day whilst I was basically like having it, having this awakening. So they were getting it all. Like someone should have put me in a room and like Taking looked my- after me, taken my hair <laughs> off me. But I was like sharing this whole process like, where I went through this uh, phase where I was wearing like chokers all the time um, and I was like um, super sexy super sexy <laughs> and I was still kind of split up with my, my ex but I was still even though I was conscious about the man thing I was still I hadn't like you know looked after that hurt properly so I was still seeking <laughs> so I was like post I could post something about fat loss but I'm there in my choker like <laughs> like almost saying, call me, you know, when it's, so it's like all these funny little things and like Claire had pointed this out to me. She sent me a few of my videos that I posted and she was like, what was the intention behind this video? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm talking about fat loss, I don't know what you mean. And she was like, well, why, why are your eyes all squinty? So I was like, 
<laughs> looking all squinting, so like talking about macros or something. Doing all these like really like unconscious behaviors that were still programmed into me. Like you can become aware and conscious of, of like a big kind of uh, trauma or, or root uh, cause of some of your behaviors. Then it can take a little while to actually unravel the, the old programs and the behaviors. Like if I've been, I was doing that since I was 13, you know, seeking that, that male attention and validation. And then all of a sudden it's gone like out of my own choice. Cause like, I just would not want to stay there seeking externally and, and trying to fill that, that void. But it, it was frigging painful. So painful. It was bit, it's been totally destabilizing. That's the word I keep on using. Um, completely destabilizing. Like I've never cried so much in my whole life. Because before, um, before choosing to kind of uh, make this big shift, I had always um, described myself as being super positive, always smiling, always optimistic, so stable. Like I always used to go, God, what's wrong with all these women that are like erratic and emotional? And, you know, I was like the, the solid, strong. And those again were all these like coping mechanisms that I had created when I was a little girl and we had a loss in, in the family and there was a lot of pain and grief and sadness. And it's like when you're a child, it hurts, but you don't know, you don't know how to express it in a healthy way. You don't know how to, yeah, you don't know how to deal with it. You learn how to cope and there's all these different ways. Um, and you kind of tune out, you can detach from your body almost. So like for me, I went very much up here so it was like dis disassociation from the body and just kind of get out of whatever was painful. Um, so then for me, when I actually started acknowledging this kind of stuff, because I hadn't even acknowledged that I was sad about losing my dad. Like my whole life, because he died when I was one, it was like... It didn't affect me. Yeah, I just had this story that, well, it didn't affect me. My mum was sad and my brother was hurt because he was a bit older. But I, like, I didn't affect me. I don't see anything, you know, that it impacted me. And then all of a sudden, I realised that it had profoundly impacted every single thing in my life and led me to pretty much every single decision because I was coming from this place of lack. And I went into a grieving process like 36 years later and like having these experiences where I was feeling loneliness for the first time ever never felt it I always used to think when people worried about being lonely I'd be like oh. but of course I've never been lonely because I'd always been with a man <laughs> you know so then it was like yeah like dealing with all these intense emotions and all at once and learning how to um, acknowledge them and now as an adult process them in a healthy way um, and clear that channel and be kind and gentle and, and you know yeah allow some of those things like especially because on social media I presented myself as this uh, teacher I was the IFBB pro I knew a lot about a lot <laughs> you know it was like I would never you know yeah a lot about a lot I would always post from a place of got my shit together um I know what I'm talking about and I would it would always be posts about being positive resilient push harder and then all of a sudden 
I was like a wreck and I didn't want to show anyone. I felt really still attached to that identity of being strong. And it was like, oh, how do I, uh, how do I maneuver around this one where I try and speak to people now authentically, but not lose that kind of position and, and status. So I try and like share but then people would message saying, oh, oh, so sorry to hear that you're going through a rough time. And it, it made me feel like victimy as well. So there's all these like, <laughs> trying to figure out who the hell you are and where you share, how much you need to share and what to share. Yeah, it was crazy. And I just let the dust settle. <laughs> and it takes ages for it all to settle. And it's like, when it does, you can see everything. And it's like, ah. Oh. This is who I am. <laughs> and you just start laughing. Yeah, then it's all hilarious. And now it's like, well, the, the stuff still creeps back in. Like we're, we're always gonna always be working, but we're constantly looking now. And it's like being able to strip everything away. And for me, it's like finally trusting my instincts and intuition on everything. So I never, ever, ever second guess myself now with business stuff. Like if I have any flinches at all, I'm like looking at it straight away going, why? Like, why do I not want to do that? Why is, what's that flinch for? So you're, you're completely empowered then to really trust yourself and you don't need to do things out of a place of lack. You're congruent to what you're doing. You can check every day if it's still congruent with you. We're, we're so open with what we're doing. It's like, do you like doing this? Do you like doing that? Like trying to like still uh, encourage us to be ourselves within the business and then allow growth in that. So it's like creating something that we really want which is like uh, in line with our values, even being able to lay out our values and know they're the same, you know, and like uh, moving towards the same like freedom that we're all chasing. <laughs> yeah, like we just, um, the last couple of days, like created different workspaces, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we do weird, weird shit the whole time. Because <laughs> we're like on lockdown together and nobody in the world could spend this much time together and, and still be like soul mates, <laughs> like absolute weirdos. Like we're next to each other the whole time, but we only clocked this week that actually even having an energy, and this is important for anyone with a workspace, even having an energy in the same room as you interferes with your flow, uh, whether you're conscious of it or not. So like not that we would even talk or trigger each other or anything, but having an awareness of someone else's energy, like our bodies are speaking to each other. We don't have to talk, we, we're already like, aware of what's going on. We had to like separate our workspaces so that we'd be more productive. Yeah. Just for that reason, no reason other, other yeah. than like Rosie was away for a few hours and I was like, I got so much done. I think it's just because the two of us in the same room, it's like, we get distracted. We're like, yeah, like it's so weird. But yeah, we've got like the, like we'll have these little conversations all the time, like check in, you know, like even if it's like uncomfortable sometimes to have certain conversations, it's like, always just check in is are you are you centered am i centered like is this working is it growing for both yeah cool because i mean we know we can say something and it might make you twist around like it, it might be uncomfortable but that's where like all the growth and clarity comes from because there's so many people that are not able to communicate and that they just don't say things because they're afraid that they'll upset somebody and it's like people take responsibility for each other's feelings the whole time and it's like well if you can't express how you feel uh, how can you how can you work together how can you create a relationship together like if, if this goes for like partners and stuff you can't express their needs and their feelings and they're they they're afraid of losing the partner 
and then they just live with like resentment or like not saying how they feel and then they create like issues in their body because they're ignoring themselves like they might get like some form of disease you know it manifests in the physical the whole time so it's like get the stuff out and like uh release it and clear it because it's usually silly shit (laughs) yes okay so now speaking about workspaces and what you guys do now can you i mean i know a little bit about this because we've talked about it but exponential coaching can you guys kind of explain what that is and what you do it's kind of like looking at uh the full wheel of people's lives so having like all of the facets of like experience that we have and trying to bring them all together because we both have so many different skills we both studied so many different things just to clear our own stuff so we've both like been studying like shamanic uh work body work massage nlp hypnotherapy like uh you name it like and just coaching in general and I became obsessed with language and how we speak things into our realities and how we manifest and uh, working with trauma on that level. Um, for like the last five years, I've been obsessed with that and uh, knowing how to uh, deal with people's issues because I've dealt with all of my own and other people's as well um, and bring that in on a coaching level that you can, you can be empowered to deal with any kind of stuff. So we both join forces, we coach together um, with people and we literally look at every part of their lives, what part's holding them back uh, the most is what we look at first usually. And sometimes that's like a, a really big trauma that's caused it. And we might identify it at the start and then we might spend three months talking about it until they're ready to look at it. So we can go to diet, we can go to training, we can go to meditation, hypnotherapy, we'll use all the tools until they're ready to deal with the, the bigger trauma. So it's like a lot of it is dealing with like trauma. We work with some like moms and daughters. Uh, we're working with people with eating disorders like post-show rebound, uh, kind of using the skills that we've learned to navigate our own stuff and bringing it to the people who we can help the most, which are people who would have been on similar paths to us that are maybe falling out of the industry. So people that will have like identity issues um, also don't know what their purpose is. So we're really helping people connect to their true purpose. Um, Loads of layers. Yeah, it's kind of working at whatever layer that person is ready for. Um, Yeah, like we we do get a lot of people that come to us with disordered eating. Um, People that have come out of bodybuilding as well, like come out of a rebound and it's kind of unhealthy or they've decided to stop as well. Um, but a lot of the time, like Claire was saying, there will be like a bigger core issue going on. So if someone comes to us with, say, like a binge eating um, issue, they come to us. And if that's the place they're at and that's the place they're only ready to look at, then that's where we'll begin to work with the different modalities that work for that um and then just kind of guide them hold space for them so that they they gain that trust um to be able to share freely everything that's going on for them and usually people just start to open up very quickly um and things just start to come about like oh yeah i remember i was bullied when i was nine and it's like oh Oh yeah, or yeah, like it might be a few months before someone would even open up. So they might have come with an eating disorder, uh, or disordered eating, and then a few months down the line, tell you that maybe they were abused as a child. So then we have, you know, the the option if they feel like they want to go into that, 
we can start going into that again using the appropriate tools that are going to help them through that journey and just empowering people to to tune into themselves it's always about them being able to tune into themselves um, and like one of the big things we when we first started this was one yeah intuition and we 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 don't want people to need coaches you know the point that we've got to is not needing the the bodybuilding coach anymore not needing to kind of seek always externally kind of going internal that's been what's got us to this point of expansion now so it's like tuning into our own authentic self and then holding space for other people to do that and showing them we're being the example to show them what what they you know what is possible for them and it's beautiful man <laughs> it is beautiful oh my gosh that's so cool it's like you give you give people the permission to be themselves because you guys are your authentic self and the way that you did it was you did got some trainings and some tools but really it's like tapping into yourself so and I actually have some questions about tapping into yourself as well because um, lately uh, like this purpose thing has been coming up and people are like I mean I get answers like well you're already doing it just be your purpose is to be you and I'm like okay okay I mean that's great but <laughs> so it, so that doesn't answer it for, for like the that kind of stuff. So for people, and I know purpose is big for everybody. And especially because people with quarantine, they're switching to go online. People are, their whole lives are kind of like being thrown up and they're like, well, maybe this is a good time to change. So for people who are kind of curious about their purpose or looking to tune into themselves, um, what are some tools that you guys use yourselves and teach your clients? To tune into yourself takes a lot of practice uh, and a lot of not doing so there's uh, loads of people like doing meditations and it's funny as well because we provide meditations, we provide tools that people can do things because uh, there's a big belief that you need to do things to, to do this, to, to connect with this kind of stuff. And I spent years meditating and I wasn't actually meditating, I was doing meditation instead of tuning in. So I would say the best thing you can do to tune into yourself is literally being as still as possible and literally uh, laying, like I lay down to do it a lot and just be still. And you don't even have to focus on your breath. It's just like allowing yourself to be completely still, not worrying about thoughts or anything like that. And literally just trying to feel the sensations that are going on on your internal, like your energy body as opposed to your actual body. So you're trying to get rid of the feeling in your body so that you can feel deeper. And it takes a lot of chipping away to feel deeper because we have so many like layers. So, like the best one to start with is to work with the physical. So it can be touch, massage, doing physical exercise. For me, it was years and years and years of yoga to get rid of the physical shit. And then you get a layer deeper. And then there's the energetic body, the nervous system. And, and it is just chipping through the layers. So, and then also you have all of these beliefs that are layered onto you on top of all of that, that are in your head. So it's like trying to get out of your head and more into your body. So anything that takes you into your body will be the first part of intuition. So like, even if it's bioenergetic breathing, jumping around, shaking, like, uh, like I said, massage, um, things that get you out of this constant buzz that people have of, oh, I need to do this. Yeah. And it's like checking what the thoughts are, who they belong to, uh, are they society, parents, are they even you? 
So it's like you have to get rid of all the stuff that's not you to actually tune into you. Yeah, it's so, so important to go through that process of stepping out of everything. It's like, oh, like all the masks and the layers, like ever since you were born that you've, you've had layered onto you. Um, you know, like people that feel that they have to earn a certain amount of money or that they have to do a certain job. That could be like a parent's belief that is attached to them, but it's not them. Um, like for me, one of the big things was uh, knowledge and being intelligent, academically intelligent, because my family is, uh, they're all super intelligent and like everyone's very like academic. And I always felt like I wasn't quite as smart. So then I had this drive to then seek that approval all the time and to always be reading and trying to get more knowledge, more, must do another course, must study more, must read this book. Um, so, so it's things like that. It's like letting go of that illusion. Like what, what have I got to offer the world now? With all of that gone. Yeah, without all of that gone and without all of the, the mad stories and, and pressures and limiting beliefs mm -hmm. that you, you can't, um, you've never had a, a big amount of money before, so you think you can never get it. Or you can't coach people because you don't have enough qualifications yeah. or experience or, you know, like all of this, the beliefs that hold you back. Yeah. And then really checking uh, what you like to do. So like to tune into your purpose, it's like, well, what do I enjoy? So you can probably list on a hand, like things that you fill your day with most of the time, like you think about it a lot, you want to do that the most, you know, and it's like then checking, okay, so where does that come from? So that you're not going to create another overlay of like <laughs> another illusion that you're just going to have to get rid of. And then like checking where's the real intent. So like with the bodybuilding, we, we did enjoy it, but there was a deeper layer that drove us to it. So it's like, if you want to get really clear, yeah. just checking where the intent is coming from yeah it's it's a lot of deep work if you really want to tune into your purpose but for us then it was becoming very clear that we want to serve and help people but we also want to empower people to learn how to do this themselves so it's like uh us we want to grow as people as well so like our this is where the like values come in and your purpose can literally then come from your values being stacked in the way you want them so if like if if you can connect to something that you enjoy doing we love working with people. I love helping people get clear with language and then on a feeling level, helping them listen to themselves on a deep level. And that only comes with practice as well. So it's like giving people the tools that we've learned that is genuine and true experience. Like it's not like, oh, I know this thing and I'm gonna give it to you. It's like, we've used it. This works, this didn't work. That worked a little bit better. This is uh, deeper. Here's a here's a layer deeper. This tool, and then you you get to the core of it, and actually you don't need any of those tools anymore. Mm. So now I can meditate, and I'm really going to meditate. I'm not sitting here going, I'm doing meditation now for ten minutes. Like we have these chats the whole time. I'm trying to explain, like, do I need to, like, do we need to tell people to meditate? <laughs> can I just give them this piece of information that uh, that's all in the way? But it's like you need to leave people go through the same I have layers. To do some layers yeah. It's too much at once to go straight to the core. You yeah. have to break through all of the layers that you have. Like, has to come out. Also, with like tuning into your purpose, it's like, what what life do you want to live? What do you want to feel like? What would your perfect day look like? What kind of people would you be around? What country would you live in? So it's like, 
if you work out all your values of the life you would like to live, but then you're choosing your purpose as this job that doesn't give you that life, you're not going to be fulfilled. So you're not going to be fulfilling your higher purpose and your, your desires. So it's kind of looking at all of it. And then, okay, does, you know, like for us, we wanted freedom. We wanted to grow. So we want to travel. You know, that was the, the plan. It, it's revolved around the life we want to live because if we are fulfilled, we are expanded. We are raising our vibration and raising, you know, the, the collective vibration if we are living our true, authentic and fulfilled lives. So it's like if we can grow, um, like travel to India, do courses in like Ayurveda, share, share be with people that are kind of on that same wave. Um, and then it's like, okay, so this coaching gives us that. So we can serve people, connect, travel, freedom. So it's like all making sure that it actually all lines up. Yeah, and you have to be willing to deep dive because like we both left our careers, a few different ones, businesses, like all of our income, not worried about it. It's like not living in that fear that we need to make money. It's like trusting that when you do actually go for it and you don't have one foot still on the cliff, no, just hope, you know, holding on. It's like, no, 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 let's just free dive off of it and see what happens. Yeah. And everything comes in because you create space for it. So it's like, oh yeah, that was what we were waiting for. And it was like, why do why do we why do we stay in the other one for so long? Yeah. But you have to learn how to trust yourself. So it's like that's the core of it. If you don't trust yourself, you won't be able to make those decisions because you've been crippled by the decision or the belief that I need to have this job and I've spent this amount of time in college studying to be a creative director and I have this salary and this will get me this life and you're not living that life that you want that is the freedom you know you're stuck to a desk or you don't feel well because you're like nine to five on a computer or you know it's just like not congruent with who you are and you're right as well in saying that like it is about being your true self like that is your purpose everyone is here to bring their true self but it is like connecting to what you want to create in with this life like what do you want to actually create what is your expression you know because we are here to create or die it's like if, if you're not creating something you're moving towards death so it's like you can recreate and recreate but as long as you still have that fire you're still uh you're still in creation so it doesn't matter if it evolves and it, you recreate something new it's like as long as you're still being yourself uh growing moving towards things you like um there's not really an end goal on it. It's just like as long as you are living your truest, uh, most authentic path that you can connect to now, even if you still have stuff in the way, you know. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> I'm excited to go connect later <laughs> to myself and be like, what do you want to tell me? <laughs> just, just get out of your own way when you do it. <laughs> That's it. So hard. If, it's so hard. And I think that's also something that's been like maybe halting me the lot, even, even in the last couple of days, there's been this angst around it. And I find that when you are in your own way and you're trying to figure it out, the trying is like halting your creative, even if you're trying to create or trying to write a social media post, when you try, it sometimes like dampens your creative forces. Uh -huh. That's the doing instead of being. So we get caught in doing so much stuff. We're doing, 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 doing meditation, doing yoga, doing coaching, doing, and instead of being present and letting the creative flow happen. So even with our structure, like we'd probably be like a, someone, a manager's worst nightmare because we just, flow. 
we're like, what do you feel like doing today? <laughs> kind of feel like doing a bit of this and a bit of that. <laughs> it's like, but it's like allowing space to actually feel what's going on. If one of us wakes yeah, up. Day to day, hour day to, to day. hour, what is the flow? What is making you feel expanded in that moment? And not judging yourself for not having 12 hours work in one day. And then one day, one day we, yesterday we worked for probably 14 hours straight, mm. but we were in flow, both of us. So some days it might be four hours or some days it might be one hour. And then we just do something fun for the rest of the day. <laughs> I've noticed that within myself lately too. Like I can't beat myself up for not having a 14 hour day every day. Um, and it's like, okay to go outside and play. And lately I've been going to the lake over here and it's been like the best. And like, I even brought my laptop and did some work there. So it even helped for me to get out of like my normal desk spot that I do everything at and just go outside and write. And it was so, it was so nice to just be outside. I was like, <laughs> it was also my excuse. I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to bring my computer and <laughs> still be productive. Um, <laughs> yesterday we went out and I brought a book with me we went and drank Prosecco yeah like outside in the sun but I brought my book I was like yeah I might read no I didn't read at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah it felt good to just be um and I came up I had a question okay so with your coaching what is like the biggest I guess what is like the most a popular thing that you guys help your clients with now because it's almost like a survey of a population because if somebody is coming to you and they're like depressed or disconnected or disordered eating it's usually what the rest of the population is kind of going so what's like your what's like your what's really present in your coaching stuff right now we kind of notice like collective topics will come up almost weekly with all of our clients so they'll all be going through the same stuff (laughs) and we'll be going through the same thing as well so there is a collective energy that always runs through the coaching so one one week it might be around relationships or it might be around uh kind of arguments or control or fear and uncertainty you know so it will be kind of led by that in a way but the issues like everyone has are generally the same (laughs) there might be different traumas um some people have bigger stuff that is very deep down that is kind of uh there but a lot of people come to us with eating issues and it's kind of getting to the deeper stuff that we are really into we love that so it's like yeah food is not the issue yeah we actually have a a book that we've nearly finished and it will be like a full program for people as well and it is food is not the issue so it's kind of deep deep dive in with everything that we have learned everything we've experienced and we just want to share this with people because there's nothing out there's there there's no resources for it with this kind of um insight into the way um we relate to food and the way that we end up kind of uh, creating these crutches and yeah having these um disorders disorders with with something that should be there to nurture and nourish us um so yeah we're excited about that and i guess probably one of the reasons why we decided to do that is because so many people are coming to us with food as their main issue, main issue or the surface yeah and also there's like uh, there's so much shame around people that have eating disorders that they actually would struggle to go to anyone so us creating this package that will allow people to buy it um, that, that don't want to go and reach out to a coach because there's too much shame and it'll allow them like if we had this when we were going through stuff like this would be golden 
it would have gotten rid of like so many years of damaging our health and like ignore like just there was no help like the the help online is rubbish like there's people in i don't know about here but in ireland uh the eating disorders society um they send them to the aa like alcoholics anonymous and they give them the same treatment and they shame them for their behaviors it's just, it just the system's really not working like it's not good uh, so there's nothing like there's no resources that will help people on this level so it's like us creating something that will really help people and serve people uh from a place of like us really being through it and feels good that yeah. will feel big for us to share it. and just sharing like it'll be sharing our stories so people can actually get to know how we unmasked the things that were going on for us and how we've kind of got to the point now where we have total freedom with food and it's like there'll be so many people out there that just feel like that's not possible you know I know when I was in in the depths of my binging and it was just like oh my god like is this is this me forever um so it feels cool to be able to share that and it has all the practices and the tool the toolkit basically that people can go away with and empower themselves. That's great. It seems like it starts with awareness of like in asking yourself questions. So like, you know, and I think a lot of people don't ask themselves questions. They just hire a nutrition coach because they think that like weight loss is the issue. Like you said, like that's the surface. So it's almost exciting when you get someone who says, oh, it's my eating, but you're like, <laughs> can't wait to like dig in there and like get to the bottom of it. Okay. We have to check ourselves as well that we're not trying to protect what we want for the clients, you know, because we know it's not the food. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you have to leave people where they are and allow them to uncover it themselves. So it's like holding space for all of it. It's like, <laughs> it's a what's, your what's your favorite tool? <sighs> Talk. I like speaking. Yeah, Claire's super, super clear with people talking. Um, I guess like the hypnotherapy um, is quite an exciting one at the moment um, because it's something where we can um, use language as well and it's like creating a certain intention um, it can be um, individualized as well so it's like if someone comes to you um, it's something that I've found useful for uh, when I had a, we have to still do it a little bit now, but when I was really bad with finger biting. Oh my God, uh, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so much uncertainty. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the hypnotherapy is fun to, to create. Uh, but oh, yeah, just like massage as well. Massage. Yeah, we both love massage and we're trained in massage, so. Yeah, the body work. Body work, yeah. The body work, the, the shamanic. Um, energy work, uh, kind of like in person, like seeing their being change, and like helping them facilitate that on a deep, like uh, energetic level. It's like uh, feeling people's bodies and like scanning them. Like I spent years scanning people's bodies doing yoga and like uh, personally stretching and stuff like that. And now we're both trained in massage and we're both like really tuned into other people's energy. So it's like when you get to do that in person, it's nice. Yeah, because it's really cool when you get um, when you're kind of holding space for someone and they have this big emotional release, and it's like you're all just there, like holding space for this amazing transformation. Yeah, 
and they go away lighter and it's like yeah that's amazing <laughs> wow I would love to, I, I would love to experience a shamanic healing from you guys. That sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> we'll come over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come, come. Hello. I feel like we, we definitely need to, to set up this retreat and um, so over in the States. <laughs> yeah. We can all, even if it's just us three there. That's fine. That's perfect. We'll do our own little ceremonies. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get weird by our damn self. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about sitting with people for like a psychedelic experience? Yeah, so um, we've both um, explored that. Um, there's definitely, definitely, I would like to go into the work with the the plants and the psilocybin. Yeah. Um, I've explored into the um, LSD and had some of the most profound experiences with that like amazing emotional releases insights um we we kind of did a lot of work around our business the creation so kind of like tuning you into that um creativity inside you um seeing from different angles that you wouldn't see um necessarily without it like i i did a lot of work with it uh, microdosing for about a year um, and that was amazing like I've said this before to, to different people but it it kind of brought the left and right of my brain into balance so I was able to keep all of my creativity but I could kind of channel it and and put it into action into at the time I was doing online uh, bodybuilding coaching and I was so like, I was able to kind of bring the masculine and the feminine energies together to actually, for the first time in my life, create a, a really good business and, and make money, really good money. Um, so it was just like having this order to my chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. And I guess like for me, I was, I went to yoga class first. So I was really resistant to uh, taking any drugs for a long time. And my brother, was the complete opposite so he's done like every drug uh under the sun and he he lives in the jungle now he's done ayahuasca hundreds of times like uh he's over in Peru or in Colombia like literally living in a treehouse and <laughs> he's gone the other way now so he's he's clean of everything but he had to go through all of that to get to where he is where I did the opposite so now I'm going towards use using this stuff like I've tried DMT um, LSD as well. I will try ayahuasca, but it's all through uh, wanting to connect more to spirit, uh, wanting to connect more to source, but also knowing that I don't need these things because I've had profound experiences without them. So it's kind of just given me more of a, an insight into how to get there, but also knowing that I can get there myself. So it's like, yes, using these things, like I want to do mushrooms as well, who could come over to you, <laughs> but like there, there's definitely magic in it, and it's a, it's a tool, it's another tool, you know, to help people deal with their trauma, to work through trauma, we're both interested in studying it on that level, but I feel like even learning from people like Rosie's brother's the same, he's done ayahuasca and stuff as well, um, and loads of other, like experimenting with mushrooms and all of that, and we could learn from our brothers, and from likes of, the likes of you as well, you know, and it's like kind of, that's kind of interesting to us as well, like learning to facilitate trauma healing through this. And we know like our 
a massage teacher is also doing this. You know, so she, she's combining like trauma work, massage and different kinds of uh, drugs that are like uh, exploring just trauma and kind of bringing it up because some people struggle. Some people will struggle a lot to get, get there without that. Yeah. They just need that experience to like delve into it. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, it is if, if anyone can go through the process of discovering self without them, like it's such a um, empowering thing to be able to do to go through that process like we've been doing all of that work like releasing their stories letting go of identities like when people take the psychedelics they have that ego death they call it where you see everything that you thought you were just go and just like melt away and then you, you get that amazing experience where you're connected to source and it's like yeah you can do all of that without it not saying that it's like oh like click your fingers take some psychedelics and you can you can experience it but it can certainly catapult you into it if you're not kind of already on that that wave of looking so deeply yourself or yeah and then you don't want to crotch either so you don't want to have to have the the drugs to do it to do the work you know you want to empower yourself to not need anything and yes you can use it as a tool so we will use these tools but it's also like we've had people tell us that an experience sitting with us has been like a psychedelic experience because all of a sudden their layers just go and it's, it's very uh, un unraveling and disheveling yeah. like we keep calling it yeah uh, it can be if that person's like if they're they are ready if they're in front of us you know so it's like we're not going to poke on things sometimes they poke a little bit too much <laughs> i'm gonna, gonna say that but it, it does cause this string to start to unravel and it will be the same using the drugs um, it will be the, the same experience, but more of a catapult into it. Mm -hmm. So on that level, you have to make sure that someone's ready and they know the difference between reality and, you know, fiction and imagination and yeah. stuff that they're not uh, afraid of anything. You know, they're not creating fears or they're not going to get stuck in a bad trip because they believe that there is this bad spirit trying to get them or, you know, there's like, there's loads of stuff to clear on a, a belief level before mm -hmm. you do it. So you have to be ready. I could definitely um, see us working um, with plants um, and mushrooms with people and being there for them before mm -hmm. in the run up to it on the on the experience and then after mm -hmm. like it, it, I think a lot of people go for these incredible experiences and yes it does blow them apart you know allow them to face lots of pain and release it and feel the most amazing joy and connection to self connection to to source but then they go back to the normal world and maybe sink back into the patterns that they were in before so it's like the work afterwards is so important having people that are super clear and that have done all this work like I would love to kind of facilitate that that stuff to so that they can get the most out of the these tools not just kind of use it have this explosion and yeah, then integrate it. it needs to be integrated yeah. yeah if you don't integrate it you'll miss a lot of it and then you'll have to go back two years later do it again blow yourself apart again and it's destabilizing mm. like it was for us when we started doing it without anything it is for for anyone that does the plants or anything so it's like if you can have someone as a guide to just kind of like like that with you you know and, and just light light up uh 
light the way with a bit more clarity. Yeah, so you don't feel so crazy then trying to go back to society that hasn't done this and don't, doesn't have the same experience and then uh, re-traumatize yourself because you, you're not being accepted for who you are and what you've experienced and, you know, like people that are not as open and you're not like attracting things that you don't want and it's kind of like working on every level so that mm. it's not like this experience and that's done. It's like a continual process with it. And it can be a little bit of a trap as well once you've kind of gone into that realm of doing the psychedelic and then go back to normal life, no one accepts it. So it's like, okay, well, where do you go? Oh, well, let's go to the spiritual world and, and go hang out with like the hippies and the yogis. And it's like it, you can end up even more disempowered because you're still not with people that are actually empowered and clear and like moving forward and, you know, they're, they're like Claire was saying, like they're living in a dogma or mm-hmm. still living in illusions. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's um, always checking that. Yeah. <laughs> always checking the illusions. <laughs> I'm so happy that you guys took that uh, in the direction that you did because psychedelics can be very helpful. Yes. Are they for everybody? No. Do you have to be ready for whatever's going to happen? Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that you guys hit on that and hit on the integration part because yeah, you can have a beautiful mushroom experience. That's great. And then not do anything about it. And, and the reason why you have this beautiful experience is so that you can live differently after it. Like, I think that's what the mushrooms are here to teach us to do. And, you know, we're doing them a disservice if we don't, integrate and use that information properly so i'm really happy that you guys took it there i'm so i'm so glad about that yeah because a lot of people because because it a lot of people think that it's just a party and like i love how people are calling it plant medicine now because to me that even just sounds less like a drug and when people say shrooms i don't even like the shroom because to that it like it devalues it. Like it's a disrespectful thing. And I've done mushrooms in a party setting and I'll never do it again because it was, the mushrooms were like, taught me a, a lesson that day, but yeah, it was a person. <laughs> yes, they will. And it's funny because it, that was my lesson. Nobody else felt the way that I did about them. I feel very differently about mushrooms then. So that was my lesson to learn was this is not how this goes. And mm. you know, that's, that's good. It instilled a little bit of fear and respect in me for my you know other journeys so yeah because i i've actually been thinking about sitting there's a place in boulder here that's like mindful medicine and you can actually sit and take people you can be a sitter and take them through a psychedelic experience and they mention you know doing it with marijuana but i I think that there's more you just have to actually go to the center and like find it out but they even say that there's um stuff that you can do with sitting doing a um a psychedelic healing experience with just marijuana Cool. Well, that's funny you say yeah. that my brother yesterday because he voice notes me the whole time and because he's been dropping everything and marijuana has been like his biggest thing to drop and the only reason he's dropping everything is because they're crutches for him now like and he's had massive experiences with all of it but like it's like trying to strip away what he his, he, he needs to get to his true essence and he was talking about he took a tiny bit of marijuana the other day like he used to smoke like I think it was nine grams a day like a ridiculous amount of like pure stuff and he took a tiny bit the other day, like just a few puffs of it. And he said he had a full on uh, mad psychedelic experience that he wouldn't have got because he was constantly numbing himself with it before. And just with marijuana, because he was asking me about it, like, oh, would you be interested in that? Blah, blah, blah. Because because his channel is much clearer now, he got a totally different experience. And 
he wasn't going to numb himself he was just going for like some lessons or like just a, with a different awareness so yeah the, it, I don't really feel like the substance is too important it's more like if there's a lesson there for you the plants will give it to you that whatever one you're drawn to will teach you what you need from it yeah hmm. oh, that's awesome Ah, oh, you guys, I want to come hang out. Damn it. <laughs> We're so far away. Um, we have to come over. <laughs> I know, I'm going to have to. And I actually, it's so amazing. I've been getting more clients from the UK, people coming into my course. Like, I have, I have like a four or five new contacts that are over there. And so I'm like, I'm right there. Like, if I'm going anywhere, it's probably going to be over that way. Um, cool. Yeah. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? That's a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. Like we did say, we would love to give your listeners like a little free hypno sleep tape. Yeah. Um, just yeah. to let everyone sleep well <laughs> in, in these times. We're kind of finding a lot of our clients are trouble, have, having trouble sleeping. So yeah, we created a hypno tape to help people sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So where can I post that in the description? Will it just have a link or what's, what's the best way for people to find that? We can give a link, yeah, and I'll just be able to log in and download it, yeah. or okay. like log in and listen to it, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. <gasps> Thank you, guys. And, yeah, and if anyone wants to come and check, because we do a little, um, on our website, we do like a Dear Diary, and we do like blogs, like the Dear Diary is really cool, because it's like, honesty. yeah, like <laughs> total honesty, and it's us just sharing like in a journal way where we process and go through different emotions, our childhood trauma still that are coming up yeah. um, away from our social medias so we can be really like raw with it so yeah if anyone wants to kind of come on the website and uh, keep updated on the little dear diary it's just free to kind of um, come and uh, creep on us <laughs> yeah yeah that that was actually going to be my next question like where can people find you you guys started a podcast lately you have a website so where can people find you and what are they going to find when they find you <laughs> God knows, like it could be anything like, from one day to the next, everything and anything. But yeah, the, uh, what's the podcast on? The, the podcast is on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, it's on all of the channels, but uh, it's called Yo Yo Om, Yo Yo Om podcast. Yo Yo Om. So where the Yo Yos and the Om is the universe, and the we <laughs> the website is Yo Yo Dash Om dot com. Yeah, and it's all yeah there's some yeah. other colors there yeah. okay check it all out and um keep updated with all of the the madness <laughs> <laughs> okay cool yeah and i'll put all your links below in the description so people can find you super easy because you guys you. have amazing content your social medias are awesome i love following you and i love being your friend so um <laughs> And thank you for your transition and for being open and honest with um, like me and the world and in your writings and in what you're doing. I think it's really special what you guys are creating here. And it's by you doing you, you're giving other people permission to do them. I am one of those people who you guys empower with just by being you, like not even <laughs> coaching, but like just by you guys doing your thing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on my thank show. You for thank coaching you so much. Yes, we love you welcome. too we love you thank you i love you guys oh okay <laughs> till next time <laughs> peace